You are now entering the Mix You podcast. No credentials required. Hey all, welcome to the Mix You podcast. We're back, episode number 14. I'm here, uh, this is Andrew Stone, here with uh, my two partners in crime, Lee Fields. What's up? And Jeff Sandstrom. Hey boys, how you doing? Hey man. Horrible. Lee's just doing terrible. Uh, Lee, terrible. We do need to make fun of Jeff again here because we've talked yeah. before when he's been in some crazy hotels and stuff, but he's yeah. got a ficus tree behind him in whatever green room he's at that's circa, uh, I don't know, circa Assembly of God 1984, probably, something like that. Uh, Assembly of God 1984, more like 2014 Assembly <laughs> of God. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually Willow Creek, circa 2014, probably. Right. No. Yeah. Right. I, I am actually at Willow Creek this morning. So. And you're uh, feeling Honored great and here. rested? Yes, totally rested. No jet lag whatsoever. Red no, eyes. No. I love red eye flights. It's totally fine. You took a red eye last night? I did, from San Diego. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And everybody did it, right? No, just me. The other, just guys, were on the, the other guys were on the bus from Nashville. Oh. Oh, I see what's I, happening. I understand. So you're feeling refreshed and ears are ready to go for a full day of mixing. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Right on. It's good. Well, Jeff, what have you been up to? You've been uh you turned into tour boy again the last week or two. Yeah, it's crazy. So for the guy who's supposedly come off the road, um <laughs> I've spent the last 10 days with three different <laughs> artists. So um I did four shows with Lauren Daigle that were awesome. Um, her new music is incredible and she's got a new band that she's traveling with and they're doing a big fall tour. So I was filling in for the very beginning of that because the guy who's going to be mixing for the tour wasn't available quite yet. So I, I started them off and then they're going to kick off in September with some great shows. So if you see that in your area, you got to check it out. And then over the weekend I was with, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, in San Diego doing an event for YWAM. And then this week and then Saturday and Sunday, I'm here at Willow Creek with the Tomlin boys doing the weekend services for Willow. So oh, nice. lots of travel, but lots of fun and lots of good community among the, among the family. So it's, it's going to be a, a great time. Haven't you been on a different desk for almost every show? Uh, yes. So for Lauren, <laughs> I was mixing on a Digico, um, yeah. and then with Steven, we had a um, Midas M32. Well, and uh, you were on a profile at a festivals. And <laughs> profile at a festival, that's right. And then here at Willow, I'll be on their PM10. So Hold on, hold on. Uh, let's, let's, let's go back. For Steven Curtis, you were on a <laughs> Midas M32. Well, it was a solo date. It was his acoustic and vocal and keyboard, so it wasn't a full band oh, nice. deal. And oh, it was man, in, you... And it was in Mexico, so we you could have used a Behringer Euro Mix Euro Desk. For, I did use a Behringer. It was a Midas M32. Yeah, but it wasn't the Euro <laughs> Desk. <laughs> you could be like Ed Sheeran and sell out Wembley Stadium and acoustic guitar, a looper, and a vocal, and redundant SD7s. <laughs> that would be more fun. Or Dead Mouse. I could just put a mouse head on my head and have two tracks and a DJ rig and. Sell out stadiums. 
He's well, using or was using like a, a persona studio live on stage, mixing his own stuff on the fly, sending stems to front of house, and then off to the races. Dude, what a great Speaking, tour. This is a totally, That's crazy. totally rabbit trail. I am buddies with a guy. His name's Brian. He um he started off doing church stuff out here. He's from this area, but he's a wizard, lighting wizard. And Dead Mouse is always on Twitter talking about gear. Like he's super into it. So like when you see that Dead Mouse show and the LED and the mapping and all that, he comes up with all that stuff himself. He's the one doing it all. Wow. He asked a question on Twitter or something about does anybody know about the PRG inbox server or something, blah, blah, blah. And my friend Brian at replied him. Yeah, absolutely. They start DMing each other. And then Brian ends up at dead mouse's house in Canada talking to him about media servers. <laughs> what? I'm dead serious, dead serious. So apparently great guy, super nice, total nerd, 100% total nerd. So it, for him, it's not really hitting a space bar. He's up there like playing audio, video and lighting. With the mouse head on. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That is I love that, that is very cool. Yeah. It's not just not just push play and fake it, but he's actually making art with you should, uh, you should suggest that to Stephen Curtis. I mean, maybe he could get a mouse head and you know do that and kind of do his own thing for these shows. Might really I be the next thing. I think he would look really good in a mouse head, actually. That would be a really <laughs> yeah. good thing. <laughs> What's That's up with you guys? So in, in, Go ahead. Sorry. Well, wait a second. I have an observation. So in the last week, you've mixed like Stephen Curtis, who could be in the category of help create CCM, right? We're all standing on his shoulders. Absolutely. Right. And then Tomlin today, who basically has helped create the modern worship movement. And Lauren Daigle, who is like taking us into the future here. She had a she sold a million albums last year. Yeah, I it's, I it's just crazy. And her her new single, um, "You Say," is yeah. climbing the charts and is just rocking everybody's world. So, yeah, what you're saying, Lee, is that basically I'm old enough to <laughs> be on a journey with three <laughs> generations worth of Christian music artists. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I was and, thinking you're more influential <laughs> as an audio engineer. <laughs> that you are actually the linchpin to everyone's success. So it all well, hinges on me. Well, what we 100%. haven't talked about, it. though, is that next week he's mixing the Gaither vocal band. So that's <laughs> really going to just bring this full circle. <laughs> Which is what will take CCM into the grave. So it's like but full circle. It's perfect. Right? <laughs> that's funny. Well, what about you guys? What have you been up to? Uh, it's summer and it's hot. It was 107 here yesterday. Lee, but we went been to the on, beach, and it was like 68 degrees and windy. You've been on like seven vacations in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. You've I been know. around. You get around. It's yeah. Good. It's not It's not been seven, but you know, our schedule at the church is nutty until summer happens. You know, you work Saturdays and Sundays, so my kids are seven and nine, so you don't really get time off mm. during the school year. With the kids, unless it's a holiday, which holidays are, hey, Christmas, well, that there goes that, and then spring break, which is the week of Easter every year for us, so it makes it really difficult, so I just kind of try to get speeding tickets with taking too much time off in the summer, and there you go, so we went to Alaska, Canada for like 12 days, which was amazing, went camping for a week, my parents came out here for a week, and we were supposed to go to Yosemite, 
tomorrow actually and camp for a few more days but it's closed because of all the fire so oh, we had to cancel that and but there's fires in Reading right now it's no joke it's like all the guys at Bethel yeah their houses are like seriously in danger it's wow not to get too serious but to get serious like Alex Fuller their lighting guy who a lot of our listeners will know he was on his roof last night hosing down the backyard and the roof because you could see flames from his house yeah that's unbelievable. I heard on the radio yeah, that is. the fire was advancing. A th- I think they said a thousand acres an hour. Yeah, it was something like fifty, sixty thousand acres now. Two firefighters have already died. It's no joke. Which is a clear sign that California is full of sinners, and this is God's wrath back upon us. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that out. That's good. None of us were yeah. thinking it. Yeah, you can always right. count on Lee Fields for some good Old Testament theology. Yeah. All yeah. Right. And it's the Democrats' fault, naturally. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good thing you guys can't own guns and stuff or whatever it is, because it would just right. make it worse. Yeah, it's, it's good. true. Summer's been uh, summer's been crazy busy around here. Here's what's interesting: a lot of people have spent done all their vacations and stuff here, and so they're coming back and literally in meetings saying, "Man, I feel great. It's back. We're ready to start." You really get stuff going again. And I'm sitting there going, what the crap are you talking about? I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't been on vacation yet. So, uh, so that's a little interesting, but, uh, yeah, but you will be cause you're going next week on vacation. Yeah. I bail out next week to, uh, the, uh, U S and British Virgin islands for, uh, about 10 days. So that's good. Um, if you guys haven't been exposed to me on a beach, it's epic. So, just wait for the uh, wait for the social media pictures for that. One. How does your uniform change when you're on uh, said? I beach? usually uh, actually don't wear the fleece, and everything else stays exactly the same. Got so it. it's it's really simple for me. It's just you know I kind of just lay the vest to the side, and uh and go free. It's good. You don't do the uh, short chubby's American flag board shorts. No. Um, I do have some really small speedo type bathing suits, but they're black, so it's still in keeping with my total uniform style. Yeah. Okay. So cool. <laughs> and black socks. It's good. Um, but it's awesome. it has been a busy um, summer. I've been able to mix a lot, travel a lot, been at several big churches and some conferences and stuff like that, and it's it's been cool. Um, it's. I don't know about you guys. I, I like getting out of the norm and doing some of that when I can. And I yeah. mean, I travel about, I don't know, about half the time away from church on the move, which gets a little crazy trying to make it back here for big events and weekends and all that. But, but it's good. I feel like it keeps my chops up and all that stuff. So, and Jeff, uh, you moved. Yeah, I did. I moved. We closed on our house a little over two weeks ago. I spent the first week like, rocking it with unpacking boxes and trying to get organized and figure out what's going in which room and all that. And then I left for a week. And so my wife got to um, handle most of that without me. So cheers to her and Stella for uh, being okay without me. But we're going to get back at it and hopefully get settled here before school starts. Does it feel like starting to feel like home yet? Yeah, you know, it, it... we're we're living in the same town as family for the first time, and that more than anything, I think that is the best 
part of it so far has been just being close to cousins for Stella and being, you know, near grandma and Liz yeah. for, for Liz to be with her brother and, and his wife, you know, in the same town. So that when I'm gone, it's just, they've got yeah. ac access to family and stuff that's familiar and Liz can have help when she needs it, which is great. And you don't have Atlanta traffic anymore. Now you have Greenville, South Carolina stop signs. Exactly. The pace has yeah. slowed and there's way more margin of time and it's, you know, you go to the airport and it's like walk straight from the car to the gate, you know, be from your, from your house to your plane seat in 20 minutes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Love that. We've also been busy under the hood of Mix U with lots of stuff. Yeah, man. Lots of I don't of even know updates. where to start. I don't well, know. I mean. An obvious place is you could having a new website live is pretty awesome. We're pretty excited yeah, about that. Yeah, brand new website. Yeah. But we needed the new website because lots of stuff has changed. Mm -hmm. And Sonnet House and Mix U are now one. Yeah, so for those of you who missed the webinar with the big announcement last week, um, Mix U and Sonnet House have officially joined forces so that, um, you know, we, we felt like we were traveling down the same road on, along parallel paths for a long time. Um, and as we said in sort of the official release, we've decided to start carpooling. So um, we, we'll obviously continue with the Mix U live events and the podcast. We even have some new exciting things in store on the event side uh, with some new locations that are still being developed. Um, but on the Sonnet House side, to bring things like the small group coaching and discipleship training under the Mix U banner, I think it's going to be great because we'll be able to engage more of this audience into um, great ways to find just community and accountability when we need it and belonging and kind of take the conversation from yeah. just the three of us talking and get groups of guys around a computer screen face-to-face -face, um, just talking about how, hey, you're not a lone ranger. There are other guys out there who have similar questions and similar issues and need training and need um, – just need people to talk to. And so camaraderie um, camaraderie. Yeah. The tribe yeah. is going to be, you know, much tighter of a network. So, um, we're really excited about well, those groups. So Jeff, you've been doing this, you've been making this happen for two years with Sonnet house. I am like the King skeptic in the group. And I know when, uh, like our church started doing talking about doing small groups, I was just rolling my eyes at, you know, standing in the back being like, holy crap, I don't want to do all that junk. Are you serious? You know, um, but you've been talking to these groups for a while. Like the groups that have been doing it under the Sonnet House banner. Is it, uh, it's not weird, is it? No, I think the cool thing about it is, you know, we, we start by talking to each other about gear and about technology and best practices and tips and tricks. And how do you handle this or that? And all these guys who do church production love to talk about gear. So what we decided to do was to take that and basically find a spiritual application to some of this technical conversation. Um, yeah. So for example, you know, if we had a conversation about gain structure, uh, we talk about clipping and digital distortion and why we need to have proper gain structure in our systems. Um, so one of the guys in the group said, gosh, I'm, I'm clipping all the time personally. I'm throwing shrapnel to everybody around me relationally because I'm just in the red all the time. So you use that as an analogy 
to have a great conversation about the importance of headroom, not just with the gear yeah. that we use, but emotionally, spiritually, personally. How can we create headroom so that we can have more to give when we need to be there for yeah. our the rest of our team and our volunteers and our spouse and our kids? Like, how can we uh, address some of these issues in a in a healthy way? Because a lot of these guys, you know, who serve in church production, especially in small to mid-sized churches where they may be the only person on staff or maybe even the only volunteer who's kind of leading the charge, um, you know, it's easy to feel like a lone ranger. It's easy to feel like you're overwhelmed and burning out and just kind of on the edge of never having enough of what you need. So to be around a group of other folks who can relate to that and help shoulder that burden and encourage each other and pray for each other and just talk about, okay, how do I handle this in a more healthy way? I think is a huge opportunity for people to grow. We're basically trying to help people navigate when trouble comes, what's going to happen, both technically and personally, Mm -hmm. right? So it's technically first, like you said, it's what can you do to educate yourself, put yourself in a situation where you're preparing for crisis, right? So it could be technical crisis. It could be we're one campus and now we're two sites and we're going to be mobile and then it's going to turn into a physical location. I've never done this before. This is uncharted territory. Well, now you're with 10 or 12 guys who probably seven or eight of them have done that before and can totally. help you navigate that stuff. Totally. And then the other part is crisis is coming in all of our lives personally. At some point it's going to happen. It can be on a scale of how tragic that can be. Right. But when you're around guys that are wired like you and are experiencing the same things as you, having them in your corner is a big deal. So this is, if we talk about like uh, painkillers and vitamins, this product or this service we're given, it is more vitamin, but it's to prepare you for what's going to happen when you hit a wall with leadership, with your technical abilities and with personal experiences. I, I know when we started, um, I guess it was a couple of years ago, we tried to put a concerted effort into doing a little more of that kind of talking just amongst our, our team here, like our, our right. production team. And man, some of these guys are like brand new interns that are 18. I mean, they just got out of high school and they came in and they don't know ding dong about what we're doing and what's happening, but the pressure's on. Right. And then you right. got, you got seasoned vets or guys my age or even older that are been doing this their entire life. And I know when we started talking, just having a conversation, I know it, I know it feels mamby pamby sometimes, but it was really good to unload some things you're just feeling and realizing that, wow, there's somebody else in the room, probably the, the person you would least expect might have something great to say. And, and that gave me a whole different outlook on like round tables yeah. on coaching stuff. You know, let's, let's talk about how many people actually see counselors these days. There's a lot, there's a lot of people and it's highly suggested that you have somebody to talk to. So, man, I, I think it could be pretty cool if you put your, if you set your mind to it, to know that it, by joining a group or just whatever, just to, just to find that you've got, you're part of a, a group of brothers in arms or comrades or whatever. It's a pretty healthy thing. I Yeah, it totally is. And it's not meant to be a support group by any no, means. No, no, no. It is not at all. It is the opposite of that. It's, I mean, it is support in that we're encouraging each other and we're for each other, but it's not, it's not just a sort of uh, 
bitter kind of complaint session. No, no. it's, no. hey, what does the Bible have to say about how I'm supposed to lead my volunteers? What's yeah. the Bible have to say about how I can be a better employee, a more healthy person? You know, it's, it's taking sort of technical hands, you know, hands-on kind of stuff and finding spiritual application for it yeah. so that we can be the kind of leader that God has called us to be. When we started talking about this, and I mean, this has been, golly, this has been, we've been, the three of, three of us have been putting this together for a long time, trying to just figure out how best to approach it and how to, how to do it and how to honor, you know, what Sonnet House had already been doing and all that. As I just sit and think through what this is, I come up with a massive long list of people who could benefit from it. And I'm not just talking about, oh yeah, there's all these people that are screwed up that need to talk to somebody. I'm just talking about in my own camp here, of just going, man, there's some guys that this might be really good to get a different point of view on stuff that's going on. And there's nothing wrong with being in a, a group of people where you can, uh, you can be known. Does that make sense? Right. So totally. like if you're yeah. totally like if you're in a if you feel anonymous, man, it's a great way to like join up with some dudes and be known for like what you've got to offer. I think that's that's a pretty cool deal. So anyway. Well, we've all talked the, the three of us have talked to guys in the last month who yeah. have either been hiding something from people that are important to them who should know, mm-hmm. or they're running from something, or they're trying to blame or you know, there, there are issues with a lot of guys that we know who serve in church production world. And it's time for us to move the needle on being more healthy with all of what we're dealing with. Yeah. And other things too, like, you know, making bad purchasing decisions in the six figure ranges, because (laughs) it's just making decisions out of ignorance too. It's not, I don't think it's manipulative, manipulative, deceptive. It, it's not out of spite. It's all at, from a good heart. But if you had 10 to 12 guys to bounce some ideas off of and not make decisions on your own, you're going to make better decisions. Right. Because sometimes those decisions can be made out of pride or out of a sense of, well, I really want this thing because I think it's going to help me be a better mixer or be a better whatever. And it's just not true all the time. So to have... Well, right just a, a tribe to give you advice even is just once a great, you a great thing. once you realize that uh and acknowledge that all of us have blind spots and it takes someone else sometimes to challenge you on that for you to recognize that blind spot that's a pretty big deal the first time somebody like told me that whole premise about blind spots because yeah. i realized that i was always the one looking at everybody else and going man they've got blind spots man they're they're, they're just so, so blinded to all this kind of stuff. I really wish they could be better, not knowing the whole time that I've got blind spots all over the place. And someone close to me called me on it. And, you know, I silenced them forever and, you know, <laughs> told them to get away from my presence. No, but I was honestly like, man, that was cool. And I started realizing that, the blind spots I'm always looking at and everybody else, like I've got the very same ones, but it was just being challenged by somebody else who saw it. And I was in a place where I wasn't defensive and it's really helped. And it's just, uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. I mean, I know it's a big surprise to you too, but I'm not perfect. 
I don't know if you Wait guys have caught on that lately. That's why I wanted to be your friend, though. <laughs> That's okay. So okay. So now you know, like the reason that I hang okay, out. Okay. So all this stuff we're talking about. How can people find out more? Or get signed up because their deadline for signing up for this semester is August fourteenth. So it's just a couple weeks away. Yeah. Right. So mxu dot rocks and yeah, sign up for coaching. So there's a big there's a big page on uh, coaching groups. You just click there and sign up, and you'll be put in a group of ten or so like-minded people from all over the place. Where the great thing is that it's not, you know, clicky because most people don't even know each other. So it's it's uh, just an opportunity to engage with uh, a leader who's going to guide you through some great conversations and give you some materials that you can take back to your local team, so that you have something kind of spiritually meaningful and. Um, just helpful to share with your team of volunteers. So you get to look like a, a rock star um, to your senior leadership because you're actually pouring into your team in a, in, in a way that can be really helpful with stuff that you didn't have to come up with on your own. So we'll, yeah. we'll be in this together and uh, hopefully, you know, change the face of how we do a lot of these things. Yeah, that's cool. And it's very inexpensive. We're talking $39 a month. So yeah. there's that. So there's really not an excuse. Yeah, that was I'm, a big I, deal. I still for don't us. even know how we're doing that, but we'll. we'll but you we're know, going to make it happen. <laughs> the, the whole point was make it. How how cheap could this be just to cover expenses and make sure this is taken care of in a good way for everybody to not have an excuse to do it? Um, if you if you outprice it, you know that's a great excuse to never touch it. So you might check it out. The website's got all the info. It's cool. All right, and then we got some live events coming up. Stone, you want to throw those out? Yeah, so we are, uh, yeah, we're just weeks away now from hitting New England for the first time. We got Boston on August twenty first, and we, uh, the three of us, just felt like that was an area that we, well, we had heard from so many of you that nobody ever comes to the to New England and you know brings the stuff up there you know all the conferences there's not any major conferences that hit up there so earlier this year we were just like let's try to pull a, a mix you live event off up there so we are um so that's an international family church which is a a great great church uh something i think is cool is they built a church out of the old uh converse sneaker headquarters what yeah, that's the building. It's it's really cool. They've it's a great spot. I did an event there a year or so ago, and I was like, "This is a great building. This is cool." So it's very um, feels New Englandy. It's not a massive mega church style where you're in this huge auditorium. I mean, it's it's scaled very appropriately for a lot of the churches up that area. So I think it's going to be cool, and we we all felt strongly that we ought to make the play. So. Come on, New Englanders, let's uh, let's let's come out there and you know rock this thing. It'll be a great day. We're bringing the whole kit and caboodle up there. So, um, does that mean I need some black and yellow Chuck Taylors? Oh, bro, I think I do. You're in the land of Converse. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. It's a it's a nice spot. So, and the people up there are outstanding. Um, the team at the church are just great people, great pastor. I mean, they're it's uh 
it's a good spot to be. So we encourage it. You can go to the website too for all that info. So that's cool. Um, and then we, uh, we're putting, this is on sale, uh, right now you can go to, uh, just went on sale actually for Orlando, November 12th. So man, how many times are we hearing from people in Florida that have been asking for a mix you down there? My gosh. I mean, they, they send us pictures of their blue jean shorts <laughs> and like, like get here. So, so we're coming. Um, and this is I'm just, that's kind of a joke. I love everyone from Orlando and Florida. I do. But uh, gators wear jean shorts. Yeah, I just hate the Florida gators. <laughs> that's I hate probably Danny not, Warfel. I hate Steve Spurrier. So that's probably not going to help much on our sales, Lee. Just, just it lay will. it out there. It will. See, here's how this college football thing works. It'll create bitterness. Now more people will come because they're going to wear blue jean shorts and blue Florida gator yeah. shirts. And they'll come angry, which is what we want. We want an angry crowd. So. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we're going to a, a, a church that's right outside of Orlando. It's called Real Life Church, and um, they've got a great system, great church, new place, a lot of cool stuff going on there. So it's a perfect place for us to to do this. And I can't think of a better way to spend Veterans Day than going, yeah, than coming in oh, angry yes. at Lee and attending a McShoe. That's great. Um, so that is tied into. Uh, WFX conference. So WFX conference is that week. So if you're listening to this and making plans to come down there, um, don't be a loser. Go ahead and get in on this on Monday of that week. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool. While we're in Orlando speak, we're, uh, we're doing an event the very next day on, uh, partnering with WFX to do something. Um, Lee, throw this out there because this is our yeah. This is our uh, this is the first time doing an event like this for us, and we're I'm pretty excited about how this one's going to turn out. It is. This is a total experiment, so we're really curious to see um, how this turns out. But we think it's going to be pretty good. So, if you've been to WFX before, you know that the day before there has been an all day event for the tech community. It's been called different things and organized by different people. Well, we were approached by WFX to partner with them on that day. Now, um, I'll be super honest. You've heard us joke and poke at trade shows and conferences before, and maybe WFX was one of those that you could have read between the lines to know that we were poking at. (laughs) So here's what you may not know. Uh, About a year ago, maybe a little longer, WFX was actually purchased by the company who runs the LDI events. They've had some new leadership and a lot of new ideas coming in. And one of the ladies who's kind of the catalyst for that uh, met with us last year at WFX and said, hey, what would some things look like if we did things differently? And when she said, partner WFX differently, our ears perked up. So here's what we're doing. Our event at Real Life Church is on Monday. And then on Tuesday is typically where this event has been. So we have partnered with WFX to bring you an event that we're going to call the Mix You Forum. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to come into the room just like in years past, and it'll even be set up the same and look similar to the tech uh, retreats and things like that. Here's going to be the difference. The panel and the uh, presenters at our event are not going to be the typical tech directors that you've heard from before. What we're going to do is bring you in to a room full of leaders from these areas, a senior pastor, 
an executive pastor, a CFO, a men's ministry director, a women's ministry director, the wife of a megachurch tech director, a creative pastor, a multimedia person, um, a worship pastor. So the point of this, if you can't see where this is going already, which you probably can, is to create conversations with the other areas and leaders from churches that we interact with the most, who I would say we also have the most conflict with. So our hope is that we're creating a space to where you can ask questions that you may not normally ask a senior pastor, a CFO, and things like that. Let a CFO ask us the same questions and then figure out, like, let's take the CFO as a great example. They speak a different language than the tech community does. And so does the worship pastor. And so does the senior pastor. And everyone on there does. But because we're in our own environments all the time, there are different risks to asking different questions. We're all pretty introverted. So sometimes we don't even want to ask them at all. We are going to create a space where they can talk to us about, you know, what does an executive pastor wish all tech directors knew? What does a senior pastor wish all tech directors knew and vice versa? What does a senior pastor want from his tech director? What does a mega church tech director's wife wish a tech director knew? That one may be hard to swallow, but I think maybe the most (laughs) beneficial actually. So that's what we're going to do. It'll be a little over a half a day of just that. We're going to feed everybody lunch. And then the rest of the day are the tours of the uh, local churches that uh, they've typically done in the past. And you can, um, you can get to the registration site from our website as well, uh, or you can get to it at the WFX site. But that's a, I'm telling you, there's a, if you start looking at some of the stuff that's being put out there, we're trying to, what's the right word, right the wrongs that we felt by attending some of these lame events over the years. I'll just be honest. Some of these yep. events have sucked over the years. So if we, we get invitations to do this, we're like, well, let's, let's try to make it where it doesn't suck anymore. And this sounds very interesting, very compelling. Like, uh, Lee, I think I'm going to go just from hearing your description just now. I think I'll probably attend. I I I made that decision just now. So thank you. Yeah. That's how, that's how good this is going to work. Another cool thing is when you sign up, you'll receive a survey where you can actually pre populate some questions Yeah. so that when you show up, your specific questions will actually be on the docket we're, to get answered. We're so, going to let that shape the conversation. Exactly. Right. The conversation is going to be built by your telling us what it is you want to talk about. So, you know, if you have a question about how to write a budget or how to talk to your senior pastor about a purchase or how to, how to lead more effectively, um, those kinds of things are going to come from you in advance so that when you show up, you're actually walking away with answers to real questions, not just somebody's theory about how to recruit volunteers that may or may not be helpful to your context. So it's going to be so helpful. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Because really, Justin Firesheets is the only technical director in the history of the universe that can make a PowerPoint and talk well about it. The rest of us kind of suck at it. He's a unicorn that poops (laughs) glitter with that stuff. So we're just trying to figure out what we can provide. Here's the deal. If you call Fire Sheets and say, hey, can you come speak at my event? Before you're off the phone, he sent you his notes, uh, his notes, his talking points, a memo, and his PowerPoint presentation with logos. So right. he is a unicorn. Uh, I'm not sure how he pulls that off. 
Um, but anyway, those are so <clears throat> Orlando's a, those two events back to back are are great uh, in November. Anyway, you can see those on the site. We've also got um, just for all you Southern Cal people, uh, we have confirmed we'll be back um, in the Saddleback area in January. So be looking for that one. That's not on sale yet, but uh, we'll put it on sale here shortly. But we'll be at the Saddleback in Anaheim. Um, so we won't be in a tent out uh, there anymore. And that'll put us a little closer to everybody wanting to attend the NAM show. So we know that's a big attraction for a lot of people. And so that's scheduled for January 23rd, which is like the day before all the cool NAM stuff starts. And we're like right there in the neighborhood. So um, we're, we're putting them out there, man. We're going to keep you guys updated just as fast as we book stuff. So we're looking forward to it. We won't drop, we won't uh, go too far into details on this one, but we have been making uh, a lot of calls and communications with people that don't live in on this continent. Is that a good way to say that, guys? Yeah, I think so. Working Multiple on continents. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for some of the uh, further info on some other places uh, Mixu is going to be headed uh, that are not in the continental United States. So we're looking forward to some of that a little premature to lay it all out now, but we'll just tease you with it. You know, something else I just want to say is we're starting to talk about coaching and other events and things like that. Like when we started this, it was just, let's get together in the city with some consoles and play some music. But the response has been pretty overwhelming and we just keep responding to that response this really hasn't been too strategic until the last few months to go mm. okay how can we actually provide more intentional resources so the thing the merger with sonnet house you know there's some other things coming that we're about halfway through the development of to provide our listeners and people who we feel like we've been given the opportunity to resource more resources so not everyone can come to orlando not everyone can come to sweden we can't travel every weekend of the year and do these type of things. So just know that we are definitely, definitely working on stuff. You know, we've had a lot of suggestions on Instagram lately, like put stuff online and videos and resources and coaching. We hear you loud and clear and it's coming people. That's all we can say now, but in the yeah. next few weeks and months, you're going to see more and more, you know, mix you, I would say molding and shifting into not just being a live event, but being, you know, an online resource for, for you guys, including the podcast. Like last year we did 13 podcast episodes in a year. Internally, we're trying to decide, okay, how many can we do? Like, what's the limit? Can we do two a month this year? Can we put some of these on video? Can we put them on a YouTube channel? So guys, we're considering heavily all that stuff. So just know moving forward, we're, we're kind of pouring gas on the fire here. And keep the keep the uh, suggestions coming in. Like you, the, those of you yeah. who send us stuff to info to our uh, email at uh, info at mxu.rocks. We read them every single one of them. Uh, sometimes we can't get a response to everybody, but if you have an idea or a thought or whatever, that's the kind of stuff that's shaping a lot of these ideas. So keep throwing it out there. And uh, you know, we may make fun of you behind the scenes, but I mean, you'll never know. It'll be behind your back. <laughs> so that'll be great. Right. So speaking of behind your back, I think we have a couple of turn down for mix you comments that we need to address. <laughs> that was a good turnaround, Jeff. Good job. That was good. Um, that was good. So yeah, we got 
so there's we've we've get a lot of these, so this is cool. But one of them, one of them that we got sent in, um, stood out. And then I actually have one in my hand that's from my very own church. That's just really great. Um, I showed it here to the guys uh, via video or video conference thing. And this envelope, it's a giving envelope. It's so old, we don't even use these anymore, this kind. But it looks like someone's used it to like wipe their makeup off on the end of the day or something. It's really nasty. It's had coffee spilled <laughs> on it and all kinds of stuff. And Lee said, I need to frame it and put it in my office. And I'm totally doing that. Um, so I will, when I'm done talking about this, I'm going to put this down and go take a, a Gattaca shower and like with a pumice stone and like clean my hands. Cause I don't know where this what? thing has been. What did you just say? Yeah, man. Have you ever a seen the movie shower? Gattaca? Gattaca shower. Gattaca, the movie Gattaca. I, yeah. Jet. I've seen the movie. I think it's Were the you? weird one. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's only one weird movie. <laughs> Yeah, where the There's dude is, he takes on someone else's identity. Yes. So he can go to the another planet. Yes. And so every day, so he has to keep his DNA from getting anywhere. So he, <laughs> so the end of the, a, a Gattaca shower. So he gets in the shower and he scrubs his body with like a pumice stone <laughs> and then burns all the dead skin. So that's what I'm going to do when I'm done with this. And, uh, and I'm going to cry while I'm doing it because it's going to hurt. Uh, okay, so here's what this one is. Uh, and the writing is really nice. Like, this feels like it's probably an, a nice, like, female writing is kind of what this looks like. Um, that wasn't made in Don't you go judging people's handwriting. Yeah, that's right. So, real big scrawled across the offering envelope. Listen, church, colon. The music is so loud at times in the song, it vibrate the metal in my teeth. <laughs> metal is spelled M-E-D-A-L, by the way. It For vibrate the, the metal live in, in my Tulsa. teeth and hurt my ears. Can we at least turn it down a bit? I love this church. Please don't take it the wrong way. I mean no harm. No spelled K-N-O-W. I mean no harm. It just, the music is too loud. For me and others, it might affect. Now, as usual, I read it the way they wrote it with the punctuation or lack thereof right. put in. Right. Was affect E or A? Uh, A. <laughs> So, so you got that one correct. It might affect. So here's what's crazy is the offering envelope is sealed. So they've they've sealed it closed. There's nothing in it. I examined that. Yeah. So they've sealed this offering envelope and written on the outer side of it. And one side of it is red. So their pen barely shows up on it. But if you open the flap, there's like all this area to write. So, so anyway, there's just... There's a number of things that are interesting about this, let alone the punctuation and spelling. Well, I want to make it more interesting by giving it some unnecessary censorship. <laughs> so would you like me so to read it again? I think that has to happen. I think I need you to read it again straight through and leave out your uh, grammatical nuances. And then uh, we'll go Got down it. here. So buckle yeah. up. Here we go, folks. Listen to... 
The music is so at times in the song. It vibrate the metal in my and hurt my Can we at least turn it down a bit? I love this Please don't the wrong way. I mean no harm. It just for me and others it might affect. Boom. I'm laughing on the inside because I know what just happened. Yes. Now, the last thing I'll say about this one in particular is that it has a... So this went in an offering bucket. And so it's stamped like a a timestamp where it came from. It was uh, the service, what service it was on a weekend and the date. So I have gone back through my itinerary and... uh, I was mixing that weekend. so Of course you were. Of course. Of course I was. So that's why I'm going to frame it and put it in my office. Okay, here's our second one. Uh, and this, I'm telling you, people, please keep sending these in to our email address. This is, uh, this is epic. Uh, the little preamble to this from the tech director that sent it to me, he goes, this is a conversation between our campus pastor and a member of our congregation. I've been doing audio for at least four years now. And man, I had no idea until this email that tiny microphones are not adequate to pick up sound. Ha ha ha. All right. Now, let me tell you what this says. Um, I'm going to read it the way it's written. No embellishment. Attended services today, 8.30 a.m. And he gives the date. Could not understand the spoken audio quality message by choir director or the pastor. Have asked others and they report the same concern. Cannot clearly hear the message. Can't something be done to improve the audio quality? Better microphones might help, as the tiny mouthpiece microphones do not seem to be able to transmit the sound properly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. The, the tiny mouthpiece microphones? That's what he says. Now, the pastor sends a response. Thank you for your message. Yes, we have been receiving very similar feedback for the past few weeks on the sound in the worship center. Our tech team knows about the issue, and they've been working very hard to try and resolve it. In fact, I have a meeting on Wednesday with that team and another technical expert in the worship center to try to find ways to improve the sound issues. If you're able to let me know where in the room you are sitting, that would be most helpful so we can include that detail on Wednesday when I meet with the team. Thank you. Typical response, no problem. Here's the reply. Thank you so much for your reply. We usually sit about seven to nine rows from the front of the pulpit where the pastor stands. I'm glad he cleared that up. On the lower level, mid-center of the church. Would think this would be the ideal location to hear the pastor and other speakers. I have long believed that the tiny microphones attached near the speaker's mouth are not adequate to pick up sound. I believe that a full-size microphone would be a big improvement. Might be a slight inconvenience to the speaker, although it could be hung on a lanyard near the speaker's face. But it's likely to improve being able to hear the speaker. Thank you for looking into this issue. Oh my gosh. All I can picture is like a harmonica holder with an SM58 in front of them. Dude, I was just going to say we need an SM58 necklace. (laughs) Yeah. Is that the end? Is there another reply from the pastor? That's it. So um, I'm not going to use your name on air, but the guy who sent me this, if you have anything else that continues from this, do send. (laughs) 
Those are the best ones when we get like three weeks later. Yes. Like we get more of the story. Yes. So awesome. uh, That's pretty epic, uh, which I mean, I guess it would go without saying I'm looking at us and Lee, you and I are both on large diaphragm mics and yeah. And Jeff's on, I guess he just sounds like crap on his little, his little microphone there. He does. You know how many plugins I have to put on that thing to make it sound right? (laughs) Like as as much as my kick drum, like thirteen plugins. Just yeah, I route one input into the other because I'm out of slots. I just have to keep adding side chaining, side chain, side chain everything. Yeah. yeah, of course. Why? Why wouldn't you? So this uh, one was so pretty good. I, do you have any more? I got a unique one here. No, go for it. This is from a video volunteer sending a message through Planning Center. So they were requested to serve. <laughs> they declined, and then in the comment section, it turned into a sound complaint. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we all know this guy, so th- this is even more sentimental. So, hi, John Doe uh, has declined for the front of house camera operator for video production for July 22nd, blah, blah, blah. Here is the reason why, and then here's his message. Regretfully... I have to decline front of house support. I find the noise level too high and unacceptable. The last and only time I did front of house, my ears were out of whack for four days. If and when blank church get some good noise canceling headsets, I may reconsider. I will not compromise my hearing. Sincerely, John Doe. That's amazing. (laughs) Unbelievable. It is. He has declined to be a camera op at front of house. Because the audio is too loud. Because when he mixed before, his ears were out of whack for four days. And he was the one mixing. Yeah. What the heck? He's, I don't even know uh, what to say. He's a I don't confused. even know what that means. Yes. I don't either. It is wild. That's incredible. These are incredible guys. Okay, so the last episode of the Mix You podcast that we released was actually the recording from a breakout that we did at the Philo conference called How Not to Waste Your Church's Money. So it was a great conversation, and we got a lot of great response from it. But there were a couple things that we needed to clarify just so that we weren't misunderstood. Because we weren't saying how not to spend your church's money. We're talking about how not to waste your church's money. We realize that you guys have budgets, you have needs, there are real expenses, there are real expensive expenses. So, Lee, why don't you talk for a few minutes about just what we mean when we say about stewardship and the importance of it and how it's different from maybe what people would misinterpret. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you know, when we were doing that, even when we were on stage, I thought there's a whole other side of this that we could go for another two hours on. And from the manufacturer and integrator perspective, right? So we were really trying to address people that were decision makers and the controllers of budgets in church. Now, here's a bit of the counterpoint, but not a counterpoint to say that it's an argument against. It's a counterpoint that you need to consider is I don't think it's a good idea to go to an integrator or technology partner or whoever you're buying things from and say things like, Hey, if we're going to buy gear from you, I need you to agree to sell it at dealer cost or even 5% over or maybe even 10% over. And here's why. Let's say you buy a PA for a small room and a little lighting rig, a 200 seat room, call it. 
and you've got maybe $100,000 worth of gear in everything in there, projectors, screens, lights, video, camera, everything. If you got all of that at a great deal, at dealer cost, and you tell your board, you tell your pastor or whatever that that's the case, and a problem comes up six months later, three months later, three days later, how has that dealer made enough money, profit, and margin to be able to continue to support you and the equipment? Okay. <laughs> so let me break that down very practically. Right. Let's say the speaker system, it's a twenty, thirty thousand dollars speaker system, and it's a guy in a shop and he's got two or three employees in a small town in the middle of America. And he sells this to you at zero cost and just feels like I, I want to partner with the church, so I'm going to sell it to him at nothing. They talked me into it. And now he's made nothing on the sale. And then you call him three weeks later and say, hey, something's wrong and I need you guys to come fix it. I don't know what to do. Well, now he's going in the red trying to fix the gear. Right. So at what point then is healthy margin? So... Like on our staff, we're pretty lucky because our operations pastor came from the business world and he gets it, right? We're not asking people to not make money. We're not asking people to rake us over the coals either. But I think it's important we find that balance that we're partnered with people that are profiting, are healthy, and are growing enough to be able to also support and maintain the relationship, both technically and relationally. Yeah, I I think I mentioned in that in that uh that class that breakout whenever we uh one of the guys that we one of the companies we use a lot to do a lot of this stuff i asked him years and years ago i needed to see his end column pricing right his um what's his markup and that's a scary thing when you start asking people their markup because a lot of companies are marking stuff up 40 50 60 percent right i mean it's called overhead that's how they do what they do that's how they have a, a place of business and hire you know, world-class people. But when I asked him to show me that and I said, I, we're going to have to keep the markup down to 10%. Um, that's pretty low, it but is. by doing that, he knows that now he will, I mean, he gets effectively almost every single thing we do of any, of any size because he committed to that. And we're never going to begrudge him that. Now, could you go get online and shop around his gear list to every single online um, website that you can get stuff from for cheap and probably get a better price and save like a dollar here or 20 cents there or whatever? Sure, you absolutely could. But I need that guy and his expertise that his company brings to the table for the life of some of the stuff I'm putting in. Right. I mean, I need him to to be doing okay to go, yeah, I'll take your call and I'll have a guy sit on the phone with your tech guy for four hours trying to figure out how to work through an AMX problem or why this piece of gear isn't coming up right and advise on a replacement or or whatever. If I beat those guys down to the absolute lowest bidder, now I'm doing an actual I'm doing my church a disservice. Because in a year, we're going to have such massive problems, we're going to have to spend a heck of a lot more than if we would have just done it right in the first place. Right. A, so in that situation, if you need a guy to come out and do something, is he also billing you for those hours? No. If they, Never? 
Uh, it depends on what it is. If it's something to support the actual install, like they yeah, yeah. they did make some profit. So there's a there's a certain give and take on some of that. Right, but, right. But I'm saying if you needed a guy to come out and oh yeah, hey, pull well, pull cable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There, we're going to get an invoice for that, and that's and, okay. And that's usually seventy five, eighty five, ninety five dollars an hour, probably. Yep. I mean, why do I? Why is that okay to pay for a plumber that comes to my house? But then when I get to the church, I'm going to make someone regret the day they were born by talking them down out of that. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I go. We we both travel. We do stuff that's outside the church, and we get paid for it. Right. I don't. Uh, I don't make any apologies for the amount that I give people. It's fair and it's what I need to do this thing and to keep things moving forward. And I have expenses on my own. If they're going to talk me down to, well, I'd really like you to come do this massive thing for us for a hundred bucks. I'm going to be like, dude, there are so many other things I can do versus waste my time for your hundred dollars. I don't want the relationship I've got with those guys to suffer because of that. Let's also, let me push back a little, but not really. So 10 points is really low. Yeah. But I would say that when we're talking to our peers at churches similar size, that tends to be a number that comes up a lot. Like, oh, well, I got a 10 over. That's about as low as you can get. That's bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Right. But you're also talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And you're also calling those guys to do smaller projects more frequent. Right. And, and they're getting the 75 to $95 an hour for just labor. Right. But they're also getting you as a client on their website. Right. So Correct. now when most of the people listening to this aren't at churches, our sizes, there's only what 40 or 50 churches in America this big anyway. Right. So. Don't think because Andrew can get this for 10% that you can. I actually don't think you should. Right. If I've ever said that before, I'm, t- I'm changing my mind and I'm allowed to. But <laughs> the 15 to 20, 25 to me is on the higher end because everything is so competitive. It's pretty easy to find stuff under 25. 25 is actually very high. 17, 20, things like that, I yep. think is okay, especially when you're talking smaller churches who don't have loads of resource and are going to depend on support. Right. Okay. Same, same exact thing. I'll also say this has its own category for what we could call like premium product. Okay. So if we talk about speakers, for example, a manufacturer that's considered more expensive, we'll just use that phrase. I've had some conversations recently with employees of these manufacturers and, and I'm not talking about like speakers you buy at Guitar Center people. I'm talking speakers that only certain people are even allowed to sell. Here's why they're only even allowed to sell it. The manufacturers are finding partners that are profitable enough to be able to support their product. Hmm. Because, you know, Meyer or DMB or L Acoustics or Nexo or, or whoever, they aren't pricing things in a way that the manufacturers continue to provide support, right? So if you go buy even a Harman JBL line array, and you have a problem, come up with it. The warranty is typically not serviced through the manufacturer. If it's things that can be fixed by the people who designed it and installed it, it's, it's supported by the, the sales, right? So the reason not everyone can go sell it is because of support, not because they're the mafia, right? It's so that the manufacturer is so 
hell bent on making sure that the product is a great product, they're only letting manu- they're only letting installers and integrators sell it that they trust that can support it and deploy it appropriately. Yeah. But to do that, you have to have money because not everybody in America sells a Meyer or DMB line array. It's only in certain cities. Right. So people are flying across the country. There's travel involved and it costs these guys $85, $95 an hour to have an employee. Now the employees aren't getting paid that, but it's insurance and workman's comp and everybody that owns a business and has employees understands what I'm talking about. But I don't think every person in our community that's employed at churches sometimes get that. We, uh, we just had a new campus, uh, open and we're kind of in a, the soft open. We're, we're doing that for this one for a few weeks, which is really great because we can work out all the bugs before we officially have everybody, you know, before we open the front doors. And we put in a PA that I'd never heard before, never used before, had only seen it in pictures. Um, and it's a very unique room that I needed to solve. So uh, dealing with the integrator on how, how I'm going to do this stuff. And this was something we did all of our all on our own. So I was just basically buying gear from somebody. But I had to fly across the country to them um, with a spur-of-the-moment flight, cost a lot, spend two days to go listen and put this thing through its paces before I would order it and or accept delivery because the price was uh, so low. There wasn't a lot of margin for them to like send me a demo and do all this stuff. I mean, where does that cost money guys? Right. Like someone's going to freight in a whole PA for you to do all that stuff and all the amps you need and the cabling and all that stuff. That's a lot of money. And, I think a lot of people expect vendors to do that. Well, if they want the sale, they should do that. Correct. But how many times do we do that? And then we take that number and go try to get it cheaper from somebody else. Right. That's just called taking advantage of people. And that's not cool. Right. So, so all this fits in the same area as far as it is okay to let some people have some profit. I mean, that is how we do stuff. It's the amount of profit uh, that we're trying to hold people's feet to the fire a little bit on. I think that solves it. It's pretty good. I feel good about that. I feel real good about that. I think uh, we should transition to everyone's favorite portion of the podcast. The end. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The soapbox. Yeah, we need a good soapbox. This is almost a tag team soapbox, but I feel like it's really stone. It's, It's you. Like, I'm just as angry, but... You have kind of wrote the book on some of this stuff, so I feel like it's time for you to step up. Boom. So we get this question a lot. I get it a lot. I am very passionate about this topic, but it's uh, it's a broadcast mix. Let's just let's just be let's call it what it is. It's broadcast mix. Many different schools of thought. I don't think any of them are 100% uh, correct for every application, but for just a normal church doing normal stuff and you've got normal output, you've probably got a stream, you've got some kind of broadcast output that's going somewhere, podcast, normal crap. Um, I am freaking sick to death of walking into places and seeing how much money they've spent on a broadcast situation that is needless. Let's just face it. Spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a broadcast room just to say that we have a broadcast room. When your output 
kind of sounds like crap or it's, or perhaps it sounds so polished that you don't have any semblance of what it sounded like in the room to even feel like it was a live broadcast. And that's the, what we're trying to do, I think, right? Like we're trying to make this thing feel like people had a church experience uh, when they couldn't be in the building. It could be overseas. It could be somebody else. It could be across the country. It could be someone that's just sick and can't, can't make it to church. So in my head, that's kind of the premise. I want to make the live product sound like as if you were in the room, like a live record. I want to, when I listen to Pink Floyd Pulse, I feel like I'm in that stadium or in all the stadiums they recorded that record in because they did a fantastic job making it sound that way. Well, we're in churches. We're not going to be spending a million five on a record or whatever it is to make that, that sound amazing. So we've got to do it different ways, strategic, pay attention to pricing, all that stuff. I cannot believe guys, how much money people spend on a broadcast situation when they could do it so much easier. It's mind boggling and it's a freaking waste of time. It's a t- waste of time. It's a waste of money. Here's another thing. If you're in a situation where you're the front of house engineer, are most of us in a city where you can go find another you that can do just as good of a job in a broadcast suite at the same time, making your stuff sound good to what goes on the air? I would challenge you that most of us can't. I know when I got to Tulsa, I was like, there is no freaking way I can get this mix as good as I want to. When we started doing live broadcast stuff, like there's no way I can find anybody else. It wasn't that I was so great. It was just, man, it's a small market. How am I going to find somebody else to think the way I'm thinking to interpret this mix in the room the same way? So I started pulling all the tricks out um, that I used to use on the road and with smaller groups, how it could make my mix tapes or my my board mix cassette tapes, um, if anybody remembers those, sound better when the guys, when the band was sitting on the back of the bus that night listening to their concert. And call it self-preservation, call it whatever. I was tired of being, you know, worked over the coals because that cassette wasn't a good representation of what was going on in the room. So it was, man, put up a mic out in front of house, let them hear, blend it into the mix, blend it into the two track coming off the desk so they can actually hear what was going on in the room. They can hear the audience. They can hear how much their snare drum was loud in the room, even though I didn't have it going in the PA very loud or whatever. And it started becoming a more realistic expression of what was going on. So, that's the soapbox. If we're going to say anything, and we could go on and on and on about how to actually do a broadcast mix. And and that's, I've done blogs about it, conference sessions about it all over the place. But suffice it to say, if you're out there weighing uh, how much money or time and effort you should put into this scenario in your church, I understand that there's there are a few churches that have a massive broadcast situation and a need to do that. I do get that. They are going on network stations. There, I get it. I understand your need is a little different. But for everybody else, get your crap together. Tune your PA. Get it sounding good. 
get a reasonable console and put your mix online. Get some audience mics in there. And if you think that you don't need to time align them, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. You need to get that stuff in order and get that sorted out. And I'll, you'll be surprised at how good your product can be without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Can yeah. I join you? Can I can I join can I jump up here with you? I would love you to because I'm sharing the high blood pressure all by myself. I want to I want to play like doctor for a minute and like try and <laughs> diagnose it. So I feel like there's two issues happening. One would be on the performance side, like your worship leader or pastor or whoever's decision maker listens to a stream and says, "This isn't that good. What can we do to make this better?" And it could be tuning vocals. It could be your band's not that good. I would say the majority of the time, most church bands kind of suck. They're all volunteers. So I'm not saying that they suck on purpose. I'm just saying, come on guys, like your bands are full of like dental office assistants and welders and moms and construction (laughs) workers, right? Like how good can the band be? Right. And then everybody now wants to go on Facebook, which I also have a problem with. I feel like, your product is a bit embarrassing and please don't show that to the rest of the world. Right. Some pastors are, you know, they see, you see Carl Lentz and Judah Smith online and now everybody wants to be a campus pastor and have 500,000 Instagram followers, right. be friends with Justin Bieber. And then everyone wants you to hear me preach. Well, most of you guys aren't as good as you think you are. That's maybe that's a <laughs> totally different episode, but right. a, well, a solution would be, well, if you want this to sound better then I needed a broadcast mix, like I'm doing the best I can. And it's not going to be any better. The band sucks. The guitar Your source tone material going to change. Right. The guitar tone's not going to change whether it's being mixed in Pro Tools or on a different console. Right. It still sucks coming off the stage. Right. The other one is, to me, it can be solved with communication. And you and I have experienced this one over the summer uh, two separate times, almost yep. the exact same scenario yes. where you have a live production team an online experience team, a multi-site team and video team. And they're all siloed. It's all siloed. So I'm seeing more and more Well, we all are churches going multi-site churches going online and the, the teams to support this stuff, they have to be a bit autonomous in a sense, but they're not talking to each other. Right. Like we, you and I did an event together and you're mixing front of house. They brought me in just to basically play like quality control over the broadcast mix. Yeah. Because originally they said, Hey, will you come mix broadcast stones do in front of house? And you and I both are like, no, (laughs) but once we dug into it, it's like, okay, there are issues getting three different teams to talk to each other. So there actually was value in having someone who understands all three of those teams and how they talk different, speak different and getting them to talk to each other. And sure enough, even on site there, the, the day of, I'm like, I hope this is actually valuable for them. I, like, this is pretty easy. And as soon as each team starts talking to each other, it is 100% clear that expectations are different, Yep. that timelines are different, that the technology needs were different. It was it, pretty astonishing, but it all boiled back down to communication, right? Right. Because a lot of our video teams are different from our live production teams. And then the stream and campus pastor host and all that are also different. Right. So I don't know exactly what the solution is, 
but it all has to do with communication and getting on the same page and like one person owning the vision of that experience. That's the thing, man. If you can't get everybody on the same page like that, you got to stop. If you feel like, well, man, they just don't understand what I need, then freaking stop. Who's got this? Who's got it? Who we, we use the phrase around here, who's laying awake at night thinking about this? Right. If it's not you or not the other team, then you don't have the right person. Somebody's got to lay awake at night and go, how is this going to work? So this this thing that Lee and I are talking about, they were going to spend a great deal of money doing a different plan of attack that once we got involved, we're like, whoa, 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 hold it. We already have a great broadcast mix coming together right off the live desk. It's off of an SSL, SSL pre's. The band gear is stellar. All the room is completely mic'd for audience response, room response, uh, shotguns from the front of the mic. Everything's great. It's all dialed in. It's time delayed. It's a great product. Your, your problem is that there's no one owning where it goes after it leaves the XLR jacks on the console, where does That's it go exactly and right. what happens yep. to it? And one, and so Lee got in there and navigated that. And that was the, that was the deal. He had to talk to people for two days to get them to sort out like, no, 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 just leave it alone. And some of the video guys literally, they, they're volunteer. They didn't know any different. They thought they're supposed to run all this crap and plug it into this stuff and try to perfect it. And it's like, no, no, no. It's already good. Leave it alone. Let's worry more about keeping the quality and your your level up. Man, you watch their stream and it's like night and day at that event versus what they're used to. But it just took communication and talking and they saved a crap load of money from the alternative. So that that's that's a big big deal and Coming off of a previous podcast, where we're talking about saving your church money, and and in this one, we've been talking about coaching and all kinds of stuff. It's like, dude, this all fits in the same category. Of let's communicate and see if we can make this stuff uh, better. You might be surprised at how good your stuff sounds already. I walk into churches all the time and go, if you'll turn all that crap off and unplug all that junk and just let your just listen to the output of your system and see what it sounds like on your stream. It's an immediate improvement. And I was in the room for five minutes. Yeah, totally. So to save ourselves from the next episode, adding more to this and a counterpoint, like you hinted at it, there are some situations in churches where it's necessary. Live television, streaming around the world. You know, there are scenarios where I totally see this being a necessity even for us, we've done it a few times where I've pulled in a separate audio mix, but it's been because it was a hectic load in scenario we were walking into where I knew we are just not going to have time to sort it out. Right. And I can just send, it's a CL and it's a cat five cable and I trust the guy mixing it. Right. So there are even times when you know, we may be pretty dogmatic about the way we talk about it and go, I would never do that. Just take my mix and add crowd mics. There are situations where I there get are. that next month. I'm doing a show at angel stadium, the Greg Laurie event and front of house is in the dugout and the <laughs> stage is over first, second, third base. And the first row of people are behind me. 
Yeah. And it's going, you know, it's 40,000 people at the stadium, but it's like 100,000 people online. Right. So for me, listening to maybe the bottom box of a line array and then that going online, that's a little dangerous. Okay. That's dangerous. You're not going to have a reference. That's right. Right. No. And it's, you know, you get 30 minutes. I'm loading in on a console I've never mixed on. It's a, it'll be a brand new file. So that one's just set up to be disaster. Right. So we're using a broadcast mixer for that. And yep. the guys there at the church, we love them and trust them. And like, that's a, that's a cool situation. So don't hear us being, I'll use the word dogmatic again about it. There are specific scenarios, but more often than not, we're seeing lots and lots of money being spent on crappy bands getting streamed to iPhones and mono on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, basically that's what we're saying. Seriously. If you're, if you're in a mixed down room and you've got five, seven, eight, ten, twelve thousand $12,000 worth of uh, reference monitors, which is what good ones cost. You're kind of an idiot because you need to be listening to a single mono or a tone. And because go, go have your it department, give you um, some information on who's actually watching your stream. Right. And what kind of devices they're on. They're almost all mobile devices or crappy earbuds now let me tell you something get in the game man like figure it out who's your audience what do you who are you actually mixing for so much of that becomes a non-issue and this might even be for senior pastors challenge it if you're getting told that you need to go spend 100 g's or more on a broadcast room i would challenge that and i would get some other input and i would get some advice on if is there an alternative and uh, unless you're one of those that, that we already talked about that there is a specific need i can almost promise you there's an alternative there you go boom i love it it's good so this has been a pretty long podcast with no guest this is unique for us i guess we had a lot to say i guess we did have a lot to say and i think it's you know we mentioned earlier trying to do more podcasts this year we're also not going to limit ourselves with content based upon availability of guest. So we thought, you know what? It's been two or three weeks since we've done one. We got some time off that all lined up. Let's just knock it out and yeah, good send call. It. So good call. So that's what this is. And I like other podcasts that are a bit longer and unedited. Unedited. So that's what we're going to do because it's what I like and that's what we do. We do things we like. That's right. All right, Jeff. I think it's the end. Why don't you wrap us up? Well, everybody, that's a wrap to episode 14 of the Mix You podcast. We're so grateful that you were able to join us today. Thanks so much for listening. We uh, just want to remind you of a couple things. We've got our Boston Mix You live event on the 21st of August. If you are able to come, you live in the Northeast, can make it to Boston, we guarantee it's going to be a great day. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, and if you've never been to one of our live events, you really don't want to miss it. It's, it's a party like none other. Also, uh, you got to check out the website, mxu.rocks, to sign up for MixU coaching groups. The deadline for signups for that is August 14th. Groups are going to start within a week or so of that. So you don't want to miss the opportunity to connect with other leaders and find not only uh, you know belonging and accountability, but uh, just a way to build your network around other like-minded leaders who can really help you through this journey of leading a team um, in, in the world of church production. Lee and Andrew, I can't thank you guys enough for being 
in this journey with me, man, it's going to be a great fall and I'm really excited to see what's coming next. So until next time, we'll see you next time.